All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I, don't, I won't cover the Canucks. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted him in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season, 
that will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. They've got you covered for your trading card needs. And also shout out the socials team over at Zephyr Epic. They got poll questions. They got a lot of good stuff going oh, the on memes. Um, over at Zephyr Epic. So yeah, lots of memes, lots of Pokemon memes. They got a lot of stuff for the kids, uh, kids and adults alike. Go check them out. Uh, Zephyr Epic, retail location in Surrey. If you choose to shop online, they offer free shipping Canada-wide on any order over $50. So be sure to go check out our friends over at Zephyr Epic. My name is David Quadrilli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Uh, is that a salmon? Like, Is that like a light pink? shirt that you're wearing chris chris faber yeah so when i was down in uh in montreal for the draft i uh i had a night out it was like the media night out uh everything was on uh, batman's bill that night so you tell i'll tell you what got my money's worth on those drinks that i was drinking uh moscow or montreal mules which was uh, a specialty down there i put a put some work in there ask your rem truck about that your rem truck was with me yeah he, uh, he knows what was going on and i karaoke in this shirt uh but it was the only shirt I went to, because uh, I didn't have like a, it was hot. It was warm in Montreal, and I had to go get a uh, short sleeve shirt that was still kind of nice. Um, and this was the only one that fit me when I went to the winners in Montreal. So figure it out, Montreal. You got some big people in there, too. You need the double XL. This is the only double XL shirt they had in the whole winners. Uh, but it, it worked out. Worked out well. I wore this uh, when I did my big karaoke night uh, in Montreal. So, yeah, it's a nice shirt. I don't wear it often. It looks good. It's a good color on you. I like it. It's okay. nice. Okay, we've had two people already call for the uh, eagle cam. Alex, bring what? it up. They'd like to see the eagle. Uh, Corey Anderson and Nothing. Lisa Martin would like to see the eagle. Nothing right now. It's a windy day, oh, though. Oh, jeez, yeah. Uh, no, no eagle in the nest. We will update as the show goes on. Okay, let's move on here, Chris. Do you have anything? you want to talk about your weekend? Like, I, I want to yeah. get right to it. Do you have anything? How quick was that by Alex? I'll tell you what, Alex. It's good to have producer Alex back on the show here. Especially after Friday's freaking debacle here. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's nice to be back on YouTube. Everything's running good. Uh, good to have Alex back here as well. Uh, 20 seconds of dog. Go. Starts right now. I got nothing. I got nothing. We what? went for a walk. Went to Fort Langley with him. A lot of fun. I don't want to talk about it, though. Yeah, Let's no, I, I saw he was, uh, Bert was posing. You and uh, you and the missus out there. You guys taking Instagram photos with him. He was getting, uh, he was getting, you know, prime time spot there on David Quadrelli's Instagram. That's right. It's hard to get on there, but he yeah. did. So yeah, it was good. It was good in Fort Langley. It was fun. All right, let's get to it. Uh, off the top, let's wrap up the weekend. It was a busy weekend. Mondays are always fun because there's so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Uh, let's get things started. I think my favorite moment of the weekend. Quads, you can you can speak differently if it was uh, something else for you, but it had to be Friday night. Aiden McDonough scoring his first NHL goal. For the Vancouver Canucks, this was awesome stuff. And I tell you what, a beautiful pass from Sheldon Drys to find it on the backhand from McDonough. The best part of this whole thing. First guy he hugs, Jack Rathbone. Huge smile on their faces. And hearing them talk about it postgame was pretty awesome as well. The fact that they grew up playing uh, you know, in, in the driveways together, shooting on Jack Rathbone's dad, who was a goalie, uh, and getting the chance to see the goal be scored by Aiden McDonough. His first in the NHL against the Calgary Flames in a 2-2 game, by the way, too. Gave him a nice little 3-2 lead at that point. And uh, just my favorite moment of the weekend had to see McDonough getting his goal. And I'll tell you what, McDonough got into two games. Thought he played pretty good in both games and obviously scored the goal. Hey, he jumps ahead of uh, Kraftsoff in my eyes already. How many goals does Kraftsoff have? Zero. None so far for the Vancouver Canucks. But McDonough scoring, uh, he's got one goal in three games now. 
getting an opportunity to play. We'll have to see what happens moving forward with him. I know the coach likes his shot, so that was my big takeaway, uh, my favorite moment of the weekend. Let's continue this conversation a little bit here, Chris, because Noah Strang, shout out Noah Strang, wrote on Canucks Army this past weekend about how this is basically a make-or-break summer for Vitaly Kratsov. And the thing that we keep talking about is if you're trying to compete next year, which the Canucks have made it clear they are, where does Kravtsov fit in a lineup? You're not going to be in this position where, like right now, talk it's speaking about how he hasn't looked like a guy who wants to be in the lineup and I need to see more from him type thing. Like that's what Rick Talkett, the head coach of the Canucks, said right now in garbage time of the season is he can't really justify putting Kravtsov in the lineup. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't come into training camp and he's not ready to go, absolutely. He's already been leapfrogged by a guy like Aiden McDonough. The thing about McDonough, Chris, is it seems like he does a lot of the things that you'll want to see a player do in the Rick Tockett system going forward, right? Like he goes so hard to the net, right? And he spoke about that in his first game was, yeah, I went to the net, but he kind of had his stick in the air and he was kind of watching the puck a little bit and maybe not caught up in the moment per se, but he did talk about how, yeah, against Calgary, I just kept my stick on the ice and was a lot more focused on it. And you're seeing him get rewarded. Like, it was great to see him score that goal. Um, and on the topic of Kratsov, it's just that, yeah, you're seeing a guy like McDonough, who we don't have a ton of super high expectations for. You're seeing him right now. I would say he deserves to be in the lineup over Kratsov. Like, I, I think so. I think if you're trying to win, you have McDonough in the lineup over Kratsov. Yeah, and I think that can be looked at two ways as well. It's just the simple fact of playing McDonough over Kratsov. But I think the way you have to look at it right now until things change is who's a better bottom six option, right? And I think we've heard Rick Tockett talk about this quite a bit, um, the fact that he needs that bottom six to be able to forecheck hard, be strong on pucks, be good in your own zone, smart when you're in the neutral zone, a lot of little things. I think in both regards of just simply being in the lineup and being in a bottom six role, like McDonough has earned at least that for the rest of the season. And you're right, the offseason will be big for Kraftsoff. Is he going to stick around? Is he going to work with Tockett? All that stuff. But I think right now, no matter what, you have to keep playing Aiden McDonough in the bottom six role. There's no other guy that really makes a lot more sense to me. Kratsov isn't going to do it. Uh, I saw Pod Colson's got a, a cast on his wrist or a, a brace or something on his wrist, so he looks like he's going to be out for a little bit. Not sure uh, if he's even going to get back this season. So I, I think you got to roll with McDonough right here, and this is the the good part of the end of this season, right? We got to see Akita Hirose make his debut. We got to see McDonough score a goal. To me now, the next step is like, okay, but now what does McDonough look like with JT Miller? Right? What does he look like with Elias Patterson? Can he actually be like really effective in that role? I think that's the next step we have to look towards here. And I, I wonder how much changes, because another thing that happened this weekend, not like it really matters that much, but maybe it does like a tiny bit. Um, the Canucks were eliminated from playoff contention. I think that's not a huge shocker to anyone, but I wonder if that makes a couple things change with how the lineup is used, how uh, Quinn Hughes is playing minutes, and we'll get to that in just a second. But... I wonder if McDonough now gets a chance in the top six because, you know, he scored a goal. Listen, he scored a goal in a game, and he did it the right way, the thing that Rick Tockett likes to see, and I don't think McDonough's been bad either. Like, I think he's been pretty, goal, pretty like, good in the spot that he's in. It's not like he's being gifted great line mates either, and I think he's been one of the better guys on his line so far in the last few games here, especially over the weekend getting into the two games. So uh, we'll have to see what happens here with McDonough, but um, I do want to mention the Quinn Hughes stuff, okay? So we talked about the minutes. We've talked about how the season's coming to an end here. Quinn Hughes, over the last three games, has averaged 29 minutes and 28 seconds of ice time. It is a lot of minutes. And I know people will be like, oh, but two games went to overtime. So I did some more numbers here without overtime. 
over the last three games. Hughes has averaged 28 minutes and 42 seconds without overtime. He's playing a ton of minutes, man. And it's like at the point in the season now where, I don't know, I just think it's just going to happen as this is how it's going to be for the rest of the way, right? And this is how it's going to be next season. And it does have to worry you a little bit. Like playing that much is a lot, man. And I know Quinn Hughes is really good at avoiding contact um, and avoiding injury. He's been pretty damn good at that throughout his NHL career. But, man, you're really testing fate when you start to play a guy nearly 30 minutes a game. And he had a couple games this week where he played 30-plus minutes. Like, it's it's too much. It's too much, and it's not It's not only – I'm not even looking at it now as just this season because, obviously, like, I think everybody's in agreement here that he shouldn't be playing 30 minutes a night at this point in the season with this much on the line. But I will also wonder, like, is this what talk it's going to do next year? And what happens when the games actually matter? Right? Like, is Quinn Hughes going to be playing 33 minutes a night to start the season next year? Like, it sounds crazy to say that sentence out loud, but there has to be a legitimate possibility that we see some games at the start of next year when things really matter where Hughes is, like, playing more than half the game. Like, that is a very legitimate possibility if they're playing him this much in games that don't matter. Imagine how important they're going to be at the start of next season. Are you asking me if that's going to be the case? Because I think it's basically guaranteed that it is. Unless this team you know, makes some major addition or they to go out and get some get some defensive help. I think the other thing to consider, Chris, when we talk about next season is with Philip Ronick in the lineup, Hughes' ice time is coming down. We sure. already saw the effects of that, right? So you saw a four-game taste, right? I think your concerns are valid, though, of him playing a lot down the stretch. I'd say going into next year, um, unless there's some addition, um, Hughes is still going to be playing a lot, as is Philip Ronick, but it's not going to be over 30 minutes, I don't think, for Hughes with Philip Ronick healthy in the lineup. Um, look, like, I think the connection made it clear that, or like, Tockett's made it clear that in order to win with this lineup and this roster, he does need to play his big guys a lot, right? And, you know, when he came here, he talked about how he was, didn't want to do that, uh, talked about rolling four lines more. But uh, that's the thing about head coaches in Vancouver is they quickly figure out. Uh, that you're not going to win games unless you're playing Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes a lot. And yeah. I think Talk has just experienced that. Uh, again, Philip Ronick coming back, it's going to help. It's going to help. Um, you hope, obviously, that because he's been shut down and all that sort of stuff, that he's 100% and ready to go for next year. Um, but yeah, if if they're not missing as many bodies, because they're missing more than just Philip Ronick too, right? Um, you know, I'm not saying Oliver Ekman Larson returning would you know, drastically decrease Hughes' ice time. It might a little bit, but um, I think Hronik's the big one that you're kind of waiting for. So here's my question, because everybody, a lot of people are pushing back in the chat uh, to a degree, everyone's like, Adam's got a good point. They're missing a lot of bodies. Um, you know, Hirose is like the 12th guy. A couple of good comments there from Adam. Uh, Dominic's mentioned this as well. Corey mentions, you know, it's not, it wasn't a healthy Hronik at that point. But here's the, here's the question that I have then is like, once Tockett sees what it looks like on a defense court when he's playing Hughes for 30 minutes a night. When the games matter next season, I do think that makes a change. Yes, you're going to have some healthy bodies to start next season, but you know what you're going to see from Quinn Hughes when you play him 30 minutes a night. He was able to win this team, which hopefully gets to improve going into next year, and I think it will uh, with some changes and some players coming in. But the games are going to matter to start next season. So I do think that, yes, like him playing a lot of minutes right now is good because I do think it does matter to have Quinn Hughes on the ice right now. It definitely does. But next year when the games actually matter, that's where I can see it even being more. Like I can see his minutes being higher in a game where let's say the Canucks are down by one and there's 15 minutes remaining. 
Quinn Hughes is going to play eight, nine, ten minutes of that final 15. That's just how it's going to be in a one goal game where points matter at the start of the season. They're going to count like that's going to happen because then, you know, when Hironic's back and healthy, okay, then you're rolling, you know, Hughes and Hironic out there for 10 of the final 15 minutes as a pairing. Because that's like your your comeback line. That's your comeback pairing uh, to get going there. So I, I think the minutes are going to continue to go up. Um, and I think that the fact that we've seen this already, it's going to be very hard to ride through next season. But I guess you can manage it a little bit when you have a healthier defense core. Rona can play more minutes in games that you're feeling like you're pretty comfortable in, whether you're you know up by two or winning the game even. But there's going to be nights next year. Like Quinn Hughes is going to play 30 minutes a night consistently next year. Maybe not every single game, but consistently throughout the season, you're going to see 30-minute nights. And I, I just, I wonder. I wonder what happens here. Uh, and I, I just, a little bit of a worry, I guess. Like, I have a worry about it. That's that's how I feel uh, about Quinn Hughes in the 30 minutes a night. So we'll have to see what happens uh, going into next season uh, there with Hughes. But this year, it's like, I don't know, maybe now that they're, they're eliminated from the playoffs, like, Play him 24 minutes a night. Give him a night off, man. Like, put him at 24. I know it's not a night off, and he's still probably going to lead the team in ice time. But from what he's been doing, give him just a little bit of a, a relaxation game going into a year. Play him 23, 24 minutes. Okay, so as we close out the weekend conversation, Chris, I just want to quickly get this in because um, I was just kind of watching some post-game coverage of the Calgary Flames game last night. So the Calgary Flames, they beat the Anaheim Ducks. Um, and Milan Lucic is talking about, you know, the Flames winning uh, two, four straight games, excuse me. Uh, he talked about the win over Vancouver as being a big statement game for this team. He says, I think it says a lot about this team that we were able to go in and beat a team like Vancouver, who's one of the best teams in the league right now. Um, so look, I, I just, I thought that was worth bringing up. I thought that was very, like, it was a little bit jarring to hear uh, a player in the NHL say, you know, Vancouver is one of the best teams. I think it gave this team that's fighting for a playoff spot. I think it gave us confidence to be able to beat a team and keep in mind, they only beat the Canucks in overtime. It was five to four. Um, but it was just so funny to me hearing Lucic say that. Cause, uh, I just feel like in this market, you, uh, you hear something like that and it's just, uh, I don't know. It was just, it was funny. And I thought it was worth mentioning, uh, yeah. just that Milan Lucic said the Canucks were one of the best teams and gave them confidence to go in and beat the checks notes, Anaheim ducks oh, gosh. Uh, last night. So yeah, what yeah. a way for and the Marshall flames got chased uh... in that game. We were, <laughs> we were talking about Jacob Markstrom getting hot right now, right? Like I don't talk too much about flames or anything, but like it was looking like Jacob Markstrom was getting hot at the right time for the flames. Right. Um, Looked okay in the Canucks game. I think he only made 18 saves on 20 shots um, or whatever it was. It was, you know, I, I know he wasn't fantastic and he didn't face a ton of shots. And I know Demko faced, I think, 41 shots in that game. Um, but anyways, Markstrom looked like he was getting hot. And then in Anaheim yesterday, um, lets in two pretty, pretty bad goals and gets the yank for Dan Vladar. I think it's a situation to watch. I, I know a lot of people only want to hear about the Canucks. That's fine. Uh, I, I'm watching the Calgary Flames. I want to see how they do down the stretch here. Uh, it's it's tight. It's a tight little race here down to the finish uh, for the Western Conference playoffs. Now, obviously, the Canucks no longer in that conversation. But, you know, even the like Seattle Kraken are only one point ahead of the Jets right now at the time of this recording. And the Jets are only two points ahead of the Flames. Like there is a world where the Kraken, granted, they, they have two two less games played than both the Jets and the Flames there's a world where the Kraken missed the playoffs despite being you know kind of out of this conversation for a while where it was just well Seattle's a playoff team Seattle's a playoff team there's a world where Seattle misses the playoffs I 
it's not likely, but it's interesting to watch down the stretch how this all kind of unfolds. Yeah, well, the Flames needed a win, and you could see the emotions of their celebration post game. Like they that that overtime win did mean a lot to them. Uh, yeah, Markstrom wasn't great. Sixteen of twenty, he stopped uh, on that game against the Vancouver Canucks on Friday. Uh, but yeah, you could tell like when they scored that overtime goal, they flew over the bench. Big celebration at both ends of the ice. Um, so good stuff. Yeah, yeah, the Flames are going to make a push here. But uh, Alex has brought this up in the past too. The Flames with fifteen loser points. Crazy that they have fifteen overtime or shootout losses. Uh, Flames in Vancouver on April eighth. Uh, mm. That's right after a game with the Jets. So legitimately, the Flame season could come down to a matchup with those mighty Canucks that they're so scared of facing uh, again, hey, April 8th. So that might they, be a game to watch. They were right, though. Like, uh, Lucic, the Canucks have been, like, what was it, the second best team since the deadline going into that Friday game? They're the second best team in the NHL since the deadline. Like, they have been good. They've been winning a lot of games, but we'll see. We saw them last year be the best team in the league for a while as well. So that... Uh, We'll see what shall happen. Final thing I did want to bring up uh, was Brock Besser. Brock Besser's got four goals over his last five games. Brings him to 17 goals and 53 points through 68 games. Pretty good. The numbers are showing up here. Um, So I thought I'd dive into a little bit of, uh, let's get the fancy stuff up here. Head up uh, the Hockey Viz. Uh, Shout out to uh, the good folks over there at HockeyViz.com for the offensive and defensive uh, breakdown here uh, of Brock Besser, minus 7% on the offense he's added. And here's a, a tough one, plus 15% per, expected goals for per 60 uh, boost. So though I think we've seen a lot of the eye test show us that Brock Besser's made big improvements, there's a lot of scoring chances against happening still for him when he's on the ice this season. 15% higher than the team without him. So I don't know, take it as you are with these. Like, I don't think this... This hockey viz graphic that we have up here is the be all end all about Brock Besser. Um, my eye test tells me that he has made big improvements defensively, and I think a lot of that comes from the board work. And I think a lot of that's not necessarily measured in some of these graphics here. But um, you know, the numbers are the numbers for expected goals, right? And they are definitely not looking good for him defensively, and not looking good for him offensively. So we'll have to see what happens. But he's been good of late. Four goals over his last five games. Uh, like I said, he's up to seventeen goals on the season. Um, and he's played through 68 games. So I think you have to look at the the second half of the season as uh, a little bit of a step for Brock Besser, but at the same time, he's at the point now where it's like he's got to be who he is in the NHL. There's not much more about like development and steps in his game. Like He's at the age now where it's he's got to become the guy if he wants to be you know live up to his potential here. So there's not much more of a runway for him to kind of develop. Like He is what he is at this point. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with him in the offseason. But you got to give him props. Four goals over his last five games. He's scoring him from going to the dirty areas and you know keeping your stick on the ice like you talked about with Aiden McDonough earlier. So uh, good stuff uh, from, from Besser of late. But we'll see what happens moving forward. All right, let's get to this uh, over the weekend. Good discussion for uh, you know podcast form, radio form, YouTube form, all this stuff. The Canucks Awards have been uh, – the, the voting is now open. For the, war, for the awards for the Canucks. You can have four awards that you can vote on. They got the MVP, the best defenseman, the most exciting player, and the unsung hero. Let's get a couple of these out of the way. The best defenseman is Quinn Hughes. We don't need to argue anything about that. Um, most valuable player. Is there an argument that you have against Elias Patterson? Because I'm going with Patterson. I feel like that's a pretty easy one too. You're rocking with yeah. that uh, as well. 
I think the other two you can have a little bit of an argument about. To me, um, I'll, I'll let you start because I have my list here of who I think is going to win. So we're set on Pedersen being MVP, Quinn Hughes best defenseman. Who is your Pavel Bure award winner quads about the most exciting player? I think it's JT Miller. And I think I think there's two options, to be honest with you. Like, I think it basically comes down to... And, and granted, of course, we're saying that Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes can't win this one too, right? It's one one per person is what we're doing here. I go JT Miller for most exciting player. And I know a lot of people are going to say uh, it's Andre Kuzmenko. I'm going with JT Miller because I think just the overarching storyline that we've had with Miller this season where he like uh, and again I I don't think banging the back of your goalie's net and yelling at Colin Delia is exciting per se but I just think with all the struggles and all the crap Miller took in the first kind of quarter first half of the season really to what he's done lately in the second half and especially under Rick Tockett where you know he's played center he's done a really good job of it um, you know, he scored a, uh, scored a lot of exciting goals this year. He's made some really exciting plays. I, I think it's Miller. I, I'm going with Miller. I just think with everything that he's been through, um, I, I think I think he's the guy. I think he's the most exciting player on this team. Not named Elias Pettersson. Look, I know Kuzmenko has his dangles and he makes some makes some fancy moves once in a while, but a lot of his goals are tip-ins. I don't know how exciting those are. Um, I think the excitement that comes from Kuzmenko mostly stems from Elias Pettersson, if I'm being honest with you, right? Like Elias Pettersson is the one setting up a lot of these plays for Kuzmenko where yeah, he has a cool celly or whatever, and it's exciting. It's He's the guy that finishes it. He's an exciting player. I understand it. I'm not trying to rag on Kuzmenko here. I'm just saying that I think a lot of Kuzmenko's you know, exciting plays, if you watch the highlights of Kuzmenko's, um, Kuzmenko's season, a lot of times it's going to be Elias Pettersson doing something really, really cool right before that. Um, and, you know, that's kind of why we remember the plays. So, look... I know there's a lot of people already in the chat saying Quads is so unbelievably wrong. I, I think it's Miller. I think Miller's the most exciting player, uh, not named Elias Pedersen. Yeah, I, I'm get, mine's Kuzmenko, I think, for sure. I think exciting isn't the right word for JT Miller. Like, um, I'm not even sure what the right word is, but like he's very, uh, you know, he's a lightning rod for topics, whether it be scoring or, th- or defensive play. Like, I... I just don't think you can go against Kuzmenko as 37 goals this year. Um, yes, a lot of them are tap-ins. Seven of his games have been multi-goal games. But if a guy is going to score nearly 40, it's it's going to be Kuzmenko winning the most exciting. I mean, he's he's not necessarily even just the stuff on the ice. Like, let's talk about him giving sticks to fans and having bananas be swapped for him. Like, that's pretty exciting stuff compared to what uh, JT Miller does away from the rink. And I think on the ice as well, like I... I understand sort of where your argument's coming from, where, yeah, Miller scored some big goals, but think about, you know, the, the jokes about Andre Kuzmenko being, like, the the ultimate uh, destroyer of tanks, right? Like, he, he scored so many game-tying goals uh, to send them to overtime and get these extra loser points and stuff like that. Like, I, I think he's just done such a great job of being exciting in his rookie season that I think he's going to win this award easily. Um, and I think with Kuzmenko at the same time, like you're right. A lot of, uh, have come from just like great plays from Pedersen, but I think that's what makes him exciting is he works with the Canucks MVP. And if you can work well with the MVP, that's pretty exciting. Um, I think JT Miller has been, 
really good since Rick Tockett came in, but let's not forget what Rick, what JT Miller was doing at the start of the year. Right? There was a lot of talk about how bad he was defensively, how the effort was just not there. And I don't think you can just forget about that um, as we're going on. And yes, there was, you know, you can make knocks about Kuzmenko too, like defensively. You know, there was times where Bruce Boudreaux made him a healthy scratch. There was uh, times where Rick Tockett sat him down. But just excitement level, I don't think anyone's close to Kuzmenko at this point for this one. Ah, that's fair. Um, unsung hero. A lot of people in the chat want to hear about this one. I saw some folks saying Sheldon Dries oh. is the Canucks' unsung hero of the season. I don't know about that. I would I would vote for Archer Seelovs before I vote uh, Sheldon Dries. But in all seriousness, my unsung hero, I'm going with Dakota Joshua. That's my guy. That's my guy for that award. I think you know now, especially him playing on the top line. Um, that's my guy. Uh, it's Dakota Joshua, I think, because coming into the season, there's still people that think Dakota Joshua was brought here to be an enforcer. Um, like there's still people out there that have that opinion, little voice crack there. Um, but Dakota Joshua has done really well at both ends of the ice. I, I really like it. Like I really like to see uh, Dakota Joshua win the unsung hero award for this team this year. I'm with you. I think Dakota Joshua is the guy, too. I think I was looking. I saw somebody in the comment mention Ethan Bear. So I, when I was looking at this before the show, I was thinking, okay, guys, to win the the Unsung Hero Award, you got to play in a lot of games, right? And Dakota Joshua is going to be one of the guys that's played in 70-plus games this year. Bear, I don't think, is going to have even the chance to get to 70 um, due to some injuries and some things like that. So I think Unsung Hero, um, it's, it's a weird vote. Uh, it's a weird award because, like, there has been no hero for the Vancouver Canucks this year. Like there has not been uh, an, even an unsung hero. Like, yes, Dakota Joshua has been like cool and good in a role where he came in and signed at like league minimum, not making a lot of money. Uh, and he's come in and now he's finishing the season playing in the top six, playing on Elias Pettersson line. That's great. But <laughs> there's nothing heroic about it. Like there's, there's been nothing heroic about the Vancouver Canucks all season long. So this is kind of a, a more of like a, you know who's who's impressed most, like from from having a, a not a lot of expectations coming into it, um, and that's to me it's Dakota Joshua as well. It's just the the award's kind of tough because it's like you know it, think about like Dakota Joshua. It's been a, a cool season and he's done great. Is he done anything heroic? Like yeah, I don't think so. So this is like <laughs> it's kind of a tough award to vote for. Like what has been heroic from the Canucks this season? Unless aside from that, like maybe Quinn Hughes should get this award because like. He hasn't gotten injured, and he's playing like 29 minutes a night. Like, maybe that should, maybe he should win best defenseman and unsung hero. That's the only, like, I, if you're actually thinking about it from, like, a heroic point of view, name me one thing that's been heroic this season from the Canucks. Like, I can't think of anything. I'd love for the chat to try and think of something. What's been heroic? Like, deserving of being the unsung hero award. I don't think there's anything. I wonder if there's a Philip Heronic joke in there. I'm not sure. Uh, the chat. Maybe. A lot of, lot of people saying Niels Amon. Niels Amon. Okay. Not many people saying Ethan Bear, but we had at least one person say Ethan Bear. Niels Amon. No expectations coming into the year. Makes the team out of camp. I, I'm i willing to listen to it, but he also did get sent down to the AHL, which I think someone actually... Yeah, Jesse Town pointed out yeah. that he did get sent down to the AHL. So I, I don't know about... Unsung. Again, no one's done anything heroic. This well, team yeah. has not had any heroism this year. No, that's the tough thing. Like... uh you know, Canucks need right-handed D has a good one. Like, Seelofs, that was a pretty heroic thing. That he, he's coming in, like, that might be the most heroic thing this season was, like, Seelofs coming in so young and being great. Like, I, I think it at least has to be in the equation if you're looking at it from, like, just being a hero. Right? Like, aside, like, I just, it's it's hard to, it's a weird award. 
it's difficult for anyone on the Canucks to, to really like earn this one. But I do think that him giving this a 6 or 7 out of 10 was pretty good. I like that. I, imagine that. Imagine if Seelov's one. People are getting on it in the chat here. People are thinking, you know, could could we start the... Um, is that something we should start doing? Should we start pushing the Seelov's Unsung Hero Award? Could you imagine if that actually so. happened? That would be I, incredible. Think about <laughs> Jesse Town also saying Seelov's for most exciting player. Think about where this team was at when Seelov's came in and made his debut, though. I had people in the media texting me saying what are they doing to this kid putting him in against the rangers this is horrible this is awful he's not ready comes in lets in five goals against the rangers canucks lose not see fault that game and then every game after that he only got better so look think of where they were think of where they were uh you know i think he gave them some confidence i think he was the best goalie that they had out of spencer martin colin delia um, and of course, Artie himself, I think he was the best one. I think he was the best goalie that they had while Thatcher Demko was on the shelf. It just took them a while to notice it. So, I yeah, give it to Artie, unsung hero. You know, it's like looking at some of these awards, like they're kind of laughable just because of this way the season's gone. This will be a fun one for Abbotsford. Like there are actually some, you can have some pretty good arguments uh, about some of these guys. We might have to have uh, Cody Sievertson. I got muted if he's in the chat here. He's muted. But we might have to have him on the show, and me and him can have a little argument about uh, who the AHL players are deserving of these awards. We'll have to do something like that down the road. Speaking of, let's get to it. The AHL update. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too. connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10 percent on your first month that's better help h-e-l-p we got a lot to get to it was a busy weekend it was a good weekend um, for the abbotsford canucks we do want to get started with Jet Wu, who has been excellent playing in his uh, his home province here. They were in Manitoba to face off the Manitoba Moose. Jet Wu picked up a pair of goals, and because the Canucks are wearing uh, green jerseys, they're going to screw up on the green screen here. Uh, but we for us on YouTube, we got logos coming through jerseys. Oh, my goodness, it's a mess. Uh, Jet Wu scores a, a nice little goal here to start it. To, <laughs> his green jerseys are not good for the YouTube folks here. Uh, Canucks Conversation, uh, you know, big sponsor of the Outsider Canucks. Uh, so they found the back of the net, Jet Wu, early on. 
uh, in the weekend. This was on Thursday heading into it, or maybe Friday. I can't remember. My games are getting all mixed up. I think it was Thursday. Uh, so Jet Wu scores one goal. Nice little wrist shot from the point. Uh, and then he ends up scoring again later on in the weekend. This was on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Uh, good hands on this kid. Like, finding the back of the net uh, a couple different ways with Jet Wu. The wrist shots, uh, those green jerseys are killing me here on YouTube. Uh, but uh, nice little wrist shot from Jet Wu, finding the back of the net again. Feeling with a lot, uh, feeling like there's a lot of confidence right now with Jet Wu, the way he's playing in the HL. It's nothing new. People who listen to this show have heard me talking about it uh, for quite a long time. Let me get this in there with Jet Wu. Four goals in his eight games against Manitoba this season. So he loves playing against his home province, uh, the Manitoba Moose. He scored four of his six goals this year. They've come against Manitoba in those eight games against Manitoba. Uh, and this was cool. I, I mentioned it last week. He got to take his all of the teammates, the whole team, uh, the coaches, the staffers, uh, all the players, even the goalies got to come uh, to his family restaurant. And here's a cool video that I saw. Uh, Jet Wu posted this on his Instagram uh, he was able to, to go watch his brother Jonas, who plays in the WHL for the Winnipeg Ice. Got to go watch him for a playoff game, and he was fired up for his bro. Uh, Jet Wu banging on the glass here uh, as he's watching his little brother uh, play there. So pretty awesome uh, little scene there for the Wu family. And, uh, you know, Jet's still a fan. He's banging on the boards just like the kids do uh, down there at Rogers Arena with trying to get a stick from, uh, from uh, Andre Kuzmenko. Jet Wu's trying to get a stick from his little bro there playing in the dub. So a uh, pretty cool weekend for Jet Wu in that uh, point. Quads, Spencer Martin made 40 of forty saves on 41 shots on Saturday in Manitoba. Do you think that we're going to see a goalie controversy for the playoffs? Spencer Martin's been really good the last little bit. A 946 save percentage over his last five starts. He is locked right in. Uh, I, I think that they might like they might go with Martin this playoff run. They might because he's been really good of late. I think we'll see both guys depending on like, you know, coming off of a loss. You might want to go with the other guy. I just think there's a lot of confidence uh, from Jeremy Carlton in both Martin and Seelovs. I don't know if I'd call it a controversy. Like Martin's the guy who's supposed to be a bonafide NHL backup, right? And Archer's is still young. Like Seelovs is still really, really young. So I say going into a playoff series, if you have both guys playing well, I would probably go with Spencer Martin. Like, that's a guy who's been there, done that. And we've seen the AHL playoffs. Like, look at last year. What was it? Two games and they were done. You can't afford to have a 21-year-old, 22-year-old goaltender come in and, you know, maybe the moment gets to him. I don't know what it's going to be or whatever, right? I'm not trying to talk bad about Seelhoffs here, but I'm just saying I would go with the more proven guy. And I think that's Spencer Martin. So for the playoffs, I... I don't think it's a I don't think it's a controversy at all to go with Spencer Martin. I think that might actually be what this team does. I don't think it's necessarily a bad decision. But it's the problem is how much do we talk about AHL playoffs being so important for development? Jacob Markstrom talked about it when he went on the the playoff run with uh, the Utica Comets. Um, this would be a great opportunity for Seelaws, but I do think it's going to be something like Martin will start until he has a bad night, then they'll go to Seelaws, and if Seelaws can take that and run. That'll be what happens for this AHL team. I think that that's the good thing here is, uh, yes, you could, there's a controversy about who's starting, who will be the starter that they roll with throughout the playoffs, but it's not a bad thing to have two goalies that you're confident in for the AHL playoffs. I just think the bad thing would be missing this very critical development period for Archer Seelovs, and I think that's a very possible outcome here uh, with the AHL playoffs. I, I do think they like Spencer Martin. I think he gives them the better chance to win when he's on his game. 
But then again, like Seelovs has been so good too that it's almost weird saying that sentence because like when Seelovs is on his game, he's he's one of the best in the AHL as a goaltender. So I, I'm very curious to see what happens. Uh, AHL playoff, their their tickets are on sale now, so they got tickets already rolling uh, and some home games coming up here finally for Abbotsford. It's been a long time. Uh, they're back in Abbotsford on Friday. So lots to, to figure out here as the season ends, but they've clinched the playoff spot. They're going to get a chance to go in there. Um, one guy who who's probably very excited for the playoffs, he mentioned it on this show, scored a goal this past weekend as well. Let's get an Arshdeep Baines update because that's become a regular thing on the show. Baines with another nice goal. Um, continues just to score and score and score. Man, I tell you what, he got a nice little bump from the Canucks Convo uh, interview he came on here. Really nice hand. Like, I, I, I continue to watch him, and I... Th- I see this at the AHL level. There are some guys that just look the part that they're better than this league. And to me, that's what Archie Baines is really starting to look like at this point. I don't think I've been this high on him throughout the season. Like I've been high on him, but I'm at a point now where it's like every game that he's playing, every shift that I'm watching, he he looks like he's thinking the game faster than everyone else in the AHL. Is he faster than everyone skating? No, but there's just a look to him. Like I'm, I'm, confident this guy's going to have NHL success when he gets there. I don't know when it's going to be. It could be this season if an injury occurs uh, to the forward group. Could be next season some point when they call him up and give him an opportunity. But I'm excited for him in the AHL playoffs. He is playing and he has made such progression from day one of the AHL season to right now that you got to start getting on the Baines train, man. Like the Baines train's rolling and it's ready to rock now. I saw you in the Monday mailbag suggested he should get some NHL games. I'm all for it. I like it. Yeah. I like to see it. I'd like to see RC Baines get a shot with all the right. Okay. Final thing. Ends. Let's go. Final thing from the AHL. Um, Danila Klimovich. He is the, uh, mentioned it to harm, quizzed harm on the show, asking him who he thought the top plus minus was from the Vancouver Canucks or from the Abbotsford Canucks. It's Danila Klimovich. who made a really nice play here. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube and like I do with the prospects reports on our clips, highly recommend heading over to YouTube for this. Uh, but, Danila Klimovich, this is the type of thing that's giving him a good plus minus. He goes in, chases down the puck, picks it up, forces a turnover, gets it to the point. Jet Wu takes the shot, and our, and uh, Danila Klimovich crashes the net and buries it. Closes it out. It's all good stuff, man. Good stuff from uh, from Danila Klimovich. He's playing good hockey. Nice to see a goal uh, from him over the last little bit as well. He picked up his 13th goal of the season, that is, for Danila Klimovich. So good stuff um, from Klimovich, too. All in all, a very good weekend for the AHL team. They won both their games in Manitoba. Got a chance to uh, eat at Jet Wu's uh, restaurant. And, uh, yeah, some good stuff. Good vibes down on the farm there. Anything, uh, do you have any odds and ends? Because I didn't really add much to the odds and ends this week. I do have one thing. But I'm wondering, is there anything you wanted to get into from the weekend that we missed? Nope. Nope. Okay. I do have Baseball. one. I have one big thing, and we have a handful of minutes here, so I think this is a good time to spend on it. More and more, as the season goes on, quads, I continue to be proven right on this show. Quinn Hughes is going to be the captain of the Canucks. He's going to be the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. I think it is. I think it's going to happen. I, I've i seen some other people start to jump on this train now. I've, I'm pretty sure that Quinn Hughes is going to be the captain of this team. Like I, I If I was picking and, and making the betting odds right now, a lot of people are going to say Elias Pettersson, and I get it. I, I I get it. I think it's a it's another good option for the Vancouver Canucks. I just think that Quinn Hughes is going to. I think he's going to eventually get the C. I think he's he's talking like it. He's obviously playing like it. He's out there for half the game. Like that is when you see a number one defenseman 
how often are a team teams that have a solid number one defenseman that they trust for twenty five plus minutes a night? How often is that guy made the captain? So often, so often that is the captain. He's on the ice the most. He's affecting the game the most. He's a he's a guy who looks like he's lived it throughout his life of being in that spot to be able to talk hockey, talk media, understands the whole song and dance that comes with having the C on your chest. I think he he understands it. He also grew up, you know, going to some very, you know, went to Michigan, uh, was with the United States National Team Development Program. These type of things prepare you for this. These type of programs, they're very good. Mi- you know, Michigan's a great university. Uh, the the Na- NDTP, NT, whatever. National Team Development Program down there in the States, they develop you for this type of thing. I think from the comments we've heard, even whether it was stuff surrounding the Pride Night and things like that, Quinn Hughes throughout the season has acted like a leader, and I'm very curious to see, like, if he makes a, not necessarily like a statement, like, he's not going to come out and say anything about it, but his answers are going to speak to it at the end of the season. When we're at the final year-end media availability, I think the way that Quinn Hughes speaks that day is going to be a very big indicator in my eyes of, like, is he putting the C on next season? Like, I think it's something the Canucks might move towards, and I just, the the ice time, everything, everything that he does... I think more, pe- more and more people are starting to get on the Hughes train. I like it. I'm on the Hughes train now. I got to be honest with you. I Just everything that's happened lately, I, I like it. I like it. I, I would yeah. like to see Quinn Hughes be named the captain. And it's no knock against Elias Pettersson. I think he would be a guy who could wear a C for an NHL team. He, he, he has that type of leadership quality simply as a player. Like a player on the ice, he is going to challenge the rest of your teammates to step up your game and be effective. And I think that's something that a captain should do for their team is raise the skill level, the effort level, uh, you know, the give a damn level from every single player. I think that's something that Elias Pettersson can do. And I think having the C on his chest wouldn't be the worst idea, but I just think that he was the way he's acting, you know, these micro bursts of leadership that have come up over the last little bit here. I, I do think that it's showing something for this team, and I think he might be trying to prove something as well. Like, I don't think there's an internal battle between Hughes and Pedersen for the C, and I bet that they've probably talked about this. But we'll have to see. I, I'm very curious to see how the end-of-season media availability goes, and I think there will be some questions, and I think there will be some questions because I'll have to, you know, formulate a couple of questions that make sense towards captaincy. I want to know what these two players feel about it. So I think that's something that we'll have to uh, wait till the end-of-year media availability. But I... I more and more as the weeks go on, like I, I'm feeling pretty good about my, you know, I was on this pretty early, okay? Start of the season, I was telling you this. Telling you this, after Bo Horvat's gone, it's Quinn Hughes. And I think uh, I think it's starting to trend that direction even more. All right. I Look, like, on the topic of Pedersen, what I'll say is when he's asked about it, he says stuff like, yeah, like I'm not the loudest guy type thing. I think Pedersen ideally would like to be an assistant captain, but I think he would like to really like the person who is captain. So I think Hughes checks that box. Like I, I don't think Pedersen's upset about this if you name Quinn Hughes captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone in the chat, Dominic, said C loves for C. Okay. C as in the letter, lobs. Um, pretty good. I want to uh, play. I do have a funny quote from Pedersen. Can I sneak this in before we close out here? Uh, this is from last night. I don't know if people saw this because I don't think the Canucks posted the uh, media availability from uh, Elias Patterson. I don't think they did. They might have, uh, but he was asked. Actually, this might have been me who asked the question. Uh, asked about what he thought from 
Akito Hirose's debut uh, and joked about his weight, actually. His weight and Akito Hirose's weight. So here, I'm going to play this. Uh, I think this is the right time here. I haven't prepped this or anything, so I'm just going to play it. So uh, it's got to be back. Akito Hirose made his debut. What did you see that you liked from the kid? <coughs> no, he was, uh, he was making plays. Uh, he was uh, had poise with the puck and making the right plays. Uh, I think you guys are the only ones in here. Uh, it's not the... I can't build. hear anything. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Well, I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing something here. It's not working. Then that's my bad. I feel like people on the podcast will hear it. Nice. Um, but what Pedersen joked about was like uh, he <laughs> he joked about Hirose not having a big build like he did when he came into the NHL. So that was uh, he gave a pretty good laugh after the game. Um, so that was a fun little moment for Pedersen. I wonder why that didn't work in here. Interesting. All right. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, big Monday show. Appreciate everyone. I hope everyone had a good weekend. Um, it's been a blast. Uh, Mondays are always fun stuff. Lots of stuff to get to. Uh, tomorrow, big prospect day. Uh, actually, right after recording this, uh, I will head to the Blackfish Prospect Report. You can catch that here on the Canucks Army YouTube account. Uh, hopefully get that out uh, tomorrow early-ish afternoon because i got to record the video in the morning uh, and finish up the article tonight. So that'll be up. Uh, lots to get to with the prospect stuff. Josh Bloom continues to score. Uh, Jonathan LeCaramacchi's rolling into the second round of the playoffs. And, uh, and a couple other tidbits around the chl that i want to get to uh with some players maybe going pro here so i got some i gotta get on the phones here pretty quick uh and talk to some folks word of the day as i see the chat going off word of the day was microburst word of the day microburst no i don't don't know i don't think i used it right but i used it all right alex you see that uh, last comment there from lisa bring on the tank Bring on the tank. Quads, take us home. All right. We'll close it out there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Alex Allard, Tanks my back. name is David Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. There it is. Send it in. Three losses this week. Tanks back live. Take a thought. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? No, he was uh, he was making plays. Uh, he was uh, had poise with the puck and making the right plays. Uh, I mean, uh, it's not the big build uh, like I was when I came in, but he, uh, I mean, he he makes it work. So it's uh, it's fun to see. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.